Hey y'all, it's K-Bird Tweets, and this is Peace, Love, and Baseball. Back to peace, love, and baseball, the Super Bowl edition. Now, don't get crazy here. We are not here to give you a Super Bowl preview or to talk or care about football by any <laughs> means. No, no. But I do have my friend Megan back for a very special Super Bowl edition of the show. And last time we saw Megan, she was here as our resident common sense connoisseur. And today she is back as our entertainment guru, because while we don't care much about football, well, at least I don't, we love a reason to celebrate and to eat good food. And the entertainment part of it is really, really fun, I think, no matter how you feel about football. Megan, how are you feeling about football today? Because I see if our listeners or viewers, I guess, are watching on YouTube, you are quite decked out. You have a Super Bowl hat on and a jersey. And the best part. The best part is she has, uh, is that an entire bottle of wine that is in that football cup? That is what is in this this glass. And for that reason alone, that is a perfectly important reason to have a football glass. It holds a lot. A lot more than I was anticipating. <laughs> well, we're recording this on a Friday night. It is Groundhog Day. The groundhog did not see his shadow, so we're anticipating an early spring. And where you are in Florida, maybe you don't care about that as much, but <laughs> I am hoping that little rodent will lead me right into an early spring. And yeah, it's Friday night, so so drink up in that big football <laughs> bowl of wine. So before we get going here with our entertainment coverage, I wanted to best articulate my feelings on the Super Bowl by sharing a couple of tweets from the past years of mine <laughs> that I put out on Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, I was looking back and actually this one I already shared with you, but in 2015, I tweeted, today I didn't put on pants and ate all my meals in bed. Pretty sure I won Super Bowl Sunday. And in yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who played in the Super Bowl that year. Don't really care. Don't need to look back. But I know I won. In 2019, I said, my feelings on the Super Bowl, give me an excuse to eat cheese in multiple forms. I won't miss it. That's also important. And that is going to lead right into a lot of what we're really here to talk about today. And that is the best Super Bowl snacks, the best Super Bowl national anthems, the best halftime shows, and the best commercials. So we're going to go through all of that. But first things first, we have to address the big major storyline surrounding the Super Bowl this season, and that is the Taylor Swift-Travis Kelsey romance, which I have yet to mention or, or speak of in any kind, really on social media or on Peace, Love, and Baseball. But can you tell me, what is your take on the Swift-Kelsey romance? 
Yeah, I mean, I am a new football fan uh, because Derek, my boyfriend, is very into football. So I've watched and consumed way more of it than I have ever before in my life. Um, and it is fun, and especially in the ways that, you know, the fantasy football is very entertaining and all of that. Um, so I didn't know who Travis Kelsey was prior to this. I do know who Taylor Swift is, as most of the world does. Um, I've always been very kind of neutral. Like, I never, never really liked nor disliked her. She's just kind of someone who I think is a good songwriter. I don't think she's the best singer personally, but I get it. I see where the hype is. Uh, so when that whole story broke, I was like, oh, that's that's exciting. Like, good for them. You know, they seem like two nice people having a good time. And I know there's a lot of drama and controversy around the coverage of when she goes to the games. And having watched several of those games where she has been in attendance, they really don't show her that much. So I, don't I know, worry. right? Why people are losing their minds. She's just a fan. Yeah. And they show the other wives and girlfriends. So she's yeah. just one of those. Yeah, so I agree. I'm here for it. Good for them. People need to just chill. It's not a big deal. It is completely irrational how, how insecure Taylor Swift is making men feel these days <laughs> because yeah and like a three-hour football game I think I read something that said in a three-hour football game she was on the screen for like 44 seconds or something yeah I like think that. they said the average between all the games she's attended is like 20 seconds and there yeah, were certain yeah. games where it's much higher and others that were a lot lower but overall who cares <laughs> right like I totally see the side of it where where like I'm sure there is some underlying PR or something there. I wouldn't be surprised if both of them were really heavily encouraged to pursue this relationship with each other. Sure. I hope not. I hope it's like as organic as it seems. And I do think part of the fascination and like obsession with it is, is also because they're not like 20 years old, like they are, they're mm -hmm. our age and they're in their mid thirties and you automatically kind of take it more seriously. And you're like, Oh, they're going to get married. They're going to have kids like next week. <laughs> so I, I, to some extent I get the hyper obsession with it. Like obviously Taylor Swift is like the most famous person in the world right now. Yeah. So it's all very timely, but the hate on it, I'm just like, yeah. Okay. Move along. There is so many other things in this world to be angry about. This is just mm -hmm. not one of them. <laughs> no, it's it's just not the vibe. And I don't know. My so my husband is teaching a after school music class for kids uh, for like eight, nine, and ten year olds. I think uh, is the age range that he's calling it. Be Swifty, and it's like a songwriting class, and they're writing in their journals, like writing songs like Taylor Swift, and you know, making friendship bracelets and making music videos. And so he knew like nothing about Taylor Swift when he decided to do this, <laughs> um, but he has learned a lot about her. And I mean, it's just it's insane to imagine someone who has had her level of fame from such a young age, mm -hmm. and to like form any like nasty perception of her personally is just really sad because we have no idea what it's like to be her and if anything it seems like she's probably had a pretty lonely life at least to some extent because it's lonely at the top isn't that what they say so yep. it's nice to see her hopefully having some genuine companionship is what I think about it at the end of the day there you go. Love wins, you know? So let's just. Yes. Just love wins. And a lot of wine in our footballs. <laughs> yes. And, and get over <laughs> it. Whether or not you like seeing her on screen or not. 
So my question for you now is, you know, I want to grow the game of baseball. So what famous actor or singer can we get to date like Shohei Otani or Jordan Walker or Corbin Carroll, like some of baseball's biggest single stars so that baseball can get more exposure? Do you have any suggestions? Ooh, that's a good one. I feel like you could start a TikTok for your initial roster. TikTok mm -hmm. is very influential, it's very viral. Um, so there's so many people within that realm you could probably start with. I can't say I can think of one specifically. Cause the- What about Kendall Jenner? Oh, she, yeah, she, single, is, right? she is big on like the base or the basketball players. So yeah, she was yeah. dating Bad Bunny and she's not anymore. Oh, okay, come on oh. over Kendall. The other- a pretty famous person. I know she's not been in the news or anything recently, but Emma Watson of Harry Potter fame. She's like oh, 30 years old. She's single. There you go. That Emma Watson and Shohei Otani. You'd bring Come in like on. people overseas fans too. Like you'd have a whole, that's worldwide fame for sure. Exactly. They're both like super classy and I think people. People overall really like her. That's the thing. If you if you grab a, a, a Kardashian or Jenner, granted, I'm a fan of the show, whatever, lots of people will have a lot of negative things to say immediately. So that is true. Granted, again, they should get over it. But no one is safe, truly. No, no Swift, safe. I would say is pretty non-controversial, controversial, but mm -hmm. clearly to some extent she is. Uh, Olivia Rodrigo was the other one that I thought of who's a little bit younger, maybe for like, because Jordan Walker and Corbin Carroll are pretty young. In fact, a lot of the baseball players who are not married are very young. Yeah. Yeah. They tend to get married cool, right? pretty quickly. But yeah, oh, she could like write some songs about it then, which I know her fans would appreciate. Again, she has a huge following, so that could do the job. Yeah. I don't know a ton about her, so thank you for validating that she is a a famous enough person that she could be a piece in this. Yeah, she, uh, but she I, could help for sure. I know she's young and cool and people like her. Great. <laughs> All right, well, let's get down to business here because we have some top three lists to cover. Right. We're going to start with Super Bowl snacks and we are each going to give you our top three Super Bowl snacks. Let's go from like bottom to top. So do three, two, one. You go first. What is third on your top three Super Bowl snacks list? Well, I think a necessity that's often overlooked is some kind of handheld sweet or candy. Mm. I got to have like a bowl of M&Ms. I got to have access to some Skittles, something sweet to break all the savory things because it's a very savory moment, which I mean, I love I love food, sweet or savory. Um, but I think that's often overlooked. And for me, it's very important. You got to have some kind of handheld sweet that you can just munch on that isn't all of your savory items. That is a really good one because I have all savory things on my list. So I'm <laughs> glad you pointed that out. There we go. First, first, get you a little sweet treat to break it up. My number three is wings. And I'm not going to get specific here because you could have your dry rub wings. You could have your barbecue wings. You could have some hot sauce with your wings. However you like your wings. Those I think are a Super Bowl staple. You go to any Super Bowl party, even when my husband is watching football on Sundays, like most Sundays, he'll be like, I'm gonna make some chicken wings. So yeah, we have wings most football Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have like a favorite, a favorite flavor, a sauce, or how do you like them? I like a classic buffalo. We get the Frank's red hot buffalo sauce. Yeah. It's delicious. It's not, it's got some heat, but it's not too spicy, you know, and sweating. It's good. Yeah, I am the same. I like them with just a little bit of a kick. All right, what's your number two? 
Number two has got to be chips and guac. I don't know how it became such a staple for Super Bowl snacking, but they say it's like the biggest day of the year for it. Um, but yeah, you got to have it. And if it's in the shape of a little football, even better. Uh, if not, that's okay. I'll eat it out of a regular bowl, but chips and guac for sure. Okay. My number two is chips and dip and it says guac and, and or queso. So I'll go with chips and queso. There you, you go. Have guac. I'll do chips and queso. And then we have also all the chips and yeah. all the things that we need when we're going to get to talking about commercials in a little bit. But when I was watching back some commercials from over the years, there actually is a really good one that is from like avocados from Mexico. Mm -hmm. There's a really good <laughs> avocado commercial. So yep. maybe that's ever since then. That's they why know. we had avocado on the brain. Yep. Okay, what's your number one gotta have Super Bowl snack? It's a new one because it's something Derek makes every year, but he Ooh. makes this amazing chili. And it has like some kind of like bourbon and all kinds of good stuff in it. And then you get the purple Doritos and that's like what you Ooh. eat with it. Delicious. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so good. And that's, I think that's a common one because yeah. when I asked my dad, like, you know, what do you feel like you have to have on Super Bowl Sunday? That was the first thing that he said, chili. Yeah. Some you need something like that'll fill you up a bit because all the snacks, they just, they're empty calories, which again, eat all you want. I will be eating all of them. <laughs> uh, but, you know, at a certain point, you're like, wow, I've just been eating chips all day. My body is needing, you know, something a little heartier. So it does the job. Yeah, it is a marathon. And yeah. I agree. Make sure you get some real some real sustenance, some real protein in there yeah. too. Well, mine has none of that. Uh, my number one Super Bowl <laughs> snack is jalapeno poppers because, Yum. yeah, Yum. this might be one of the only days of the year that I really indulge in anything fried. But there are, yeah, a few times a year where I'm just like, yes, that is what I want. And jalapeno one. poppers are my favorite kind of fried thing, but really any type of poppers. Yeah, poppers Go are good. Fried things are good, especially when you have a football glass of a whole bottle of wine. What What are you going to drink on Super Bowl Sunday? What's your go-to? Probably beer and seltzers, nothing too wild. Uh, I feel like it's got to be a light beer because, again, marathon, not a sprint. You're eating a lot of good snacks, so your stomach is occupied by a lot. Uh, lately for holiday parties, though, we've been making jello shots that go over really well and mm. they're quite easy to do. Yeah. And we are hosting a party at our house. So I might make some jello shots. We could do a couple like, you know, red ones for the chiefs and maybe like yellow for the 49ers. Both their colors are red, which oh, makes yeah. it kind of complicated. Uh, but they're like red, yellow, and white for the chiefs and like red, gold, and white. So, or maybe I'll just make it red and say, go red team. <laughs> Go football. Go football. I support that. Yeah, I'm thinking I would like to drink beer with those types of foods, but you make a good point that it's got to be light enough because don't want that taking up room in my stomach when I got all this other stuff on exactly. the menu. Mm -hmm. Well, you and I are both big fans of entertainment, big fans of superior vocals. So we're going to talk about the different types of Super Bowl performances now. But we were discussing when we first decided to do this episode about who picks the Super Bowl performers. So I'm I did. Curious. Yeah, I did a little research. There is not a ton out there to like 
super solidify it, but according to sportscasting.com, the NFL, the league starts with popular performers who appeal to as many people as possible because obviously there's like minimally 50 million people going to watch this. Mm-hmm. However, it's actually not the NFL that chooses who actually performs. So the league comes up with a short list and then the host city picks the performers. So I don't know Ooh. if that means like the, I would assume it means the owner of the team, but they're of the Raiders. That doesn't make sense. Cause no, I bet it's the stadium owners. Okay. I think. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> How can we find this out? We need to make a video, Who's put on TikTok, let it go viral. And somebody can comment and be like, it was me. I picked him. Because <laughs> I am curious who picked Usher. No shade to Usher. Yeah. I'm just not sure he's quite in his prime right now. Yeah. Like, well, song? that's that's a very good point. And I mean, there have been performers at other times that have not been in their prime. And, you know, there have been like not a lot of excitement around them. Like Madonna didn't do it until 2013. And every, everybody was like, she's done. She's <laughs> over move on and she put on i think one one of the best ones that, one that is definitely worth going back to watch mm-hmm. so Agreed. yeah so we'll see we'll see that's a good point usher is gonna do it this year and I, while we're on the topic what songs of ushers do you want to hear i feel like i only know like two off the top of my head i know i know more but like you know the things i immediately spit out if yeah which obviously he's going to do. Yeah. And then you got it bad, which I don't know how that would translate. That's not a fun, upbeat one. Okay. There's two that you didn't say that I need to hear. And I'm sad that you did, that you forgot that one of my favorite songs of all times is love in this club. Okay. I need to hear love in this club. I I don't know if he'll do it. I think he will. I love it. And more. Oh, yeah. That's a nice upbeat. See, that's the thing. I know I know more than just the two. But it's just, those are the, I don't know. I I like Usher. I don't love Usher. So I'm just not a huge Usher fan. I don't know a lot of his background. Yeah, I I think that he performed before as part of a collab like years years ago. But here may be part of the reasoning behind that. So Jay-Z's company, Rock Nation, actually got involved with the NFL years ago, back in 2019, and they signed a five-year, $25 million deal, so I guess it goes through this season, with the league to revamp the Super Bowl halftime shows and amplify the NFL's social justice agenda, among other things. So there are definitely performers, like I had read that Rihanna had actually been asked to do it before and she had turned it down. Mm -hmm. And then she said yes to do it last year because they've, you know, made some better commitments to things like that. So I'm sure that's all part of it. You know, there's some different voices involved and yeah, I mean, Usher has been doing a Vegas show, right? I think I I did hear that. I actually, that might, yeah, maybe a year or two ago. I only know this because I think I have the Kardashians on in the background sometimes and uh, they went. went. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, why do I know this? For Kim's Um, birthday and they couldn't get there. Yes. And then Kim ended up going and she didn't take Louie with her and oh my God. It's a mess. Sorry, spoiler alerts for the Kardashians fans out there. Okay. 
So some other fun facts about the Super Bowl performers is that only a few people have appeared in the halftime show more than once. And that is Justin Timberlake. He headlined in 2018 when, and then he was on stage uh, with Janet Jackson in wow. 2004 when the infamous wardrobe malfunction happened. Like we all remember that one. And then he was also part of NSYNC when it performed in 2001. So he's been in it three wow. times. That's so many times. That's a lot. Yeah, Bruno Mars, he was the headliner in 2014, and then he joined as a featured artist with Coldplay in 2016. Okay. Beyonce, of course, as it should be. Like Bruno Mars, uh, she was also with Coldplay in 2016, but she had top billing in 2013, and that's when she brought Destiny's Child back with her. That was yep. a great one. And then Gloria Estefan, she was part of two ensemble performances in 1999 and 1992. The only other one is Al Hurt, who is a trumpeter and band leader who has performed three times, first at Super Bowl I in 1967, and then again in 1970 and 72. Wow. So the Super Bowl has been around for our parents' whole lifetime. Like, it didn't yeah. exist when they were born. And that, then it started. That's pretty wild. That is wild. I guess I just assumed it's been happening for forever. Right. It does seem that way, but I get for us, it has been happening forever. Yeah, true. <laughs> that's some good perspective there, though. And then you got me talking about uh, singers who have performed the national anthem more than once. Did you look this one up? I have. Yes, I have I it. But I have this one. I'm interested to see if you have the same because I gave it like a really quick run in the middle. Like one morning I was like, I'm curious. I got to know. So I found that uh, there's only two that have done the anthem twice. It was Billy Joel followed by, oh my gosh, I'm blanking. Aaron, Aaron Neville. Neville. Yeah. Yes. Oh, hang on. If anyone has an Amazon smart device, turn the volume down real fast. Alexa, stop the timer. Okay. Volume's back up. Everyone's back. Okay. Um. And then, and then a few years later, it was Aaron Neville, and then the next year, Billy Joel. They're the only two, and they did it back-to-back -back both times. Yeah, that's crazy. I wonder why. They must have just been super popular then. I but. guess. But yeah, it was like in like the early 90s and then like the early 2000s or something. I, can't, I don't remember the years, but I know it's those two, and it was back-to-back -back both times. Yeah. Weird. Very weird. All right. Yeah, well. Questions. Dear NFL, who made that choice? Yeah, no, not shading them. I'm just curious. It's very interesting. Yeah, the why behind it mm -hmm. is intriguing. Well, let's get to your top three. You're going to do the top three Super Bowl national anthems. Okay. We know Reba is going to sing this year, which is super exciting. We both absolutely love, love her. It's crazy that she has not done it yet. Especially when, like, Aaron Neville's done it twice. Again, I'm not shaming Aaron Neville. If I love him. But do we need him twice? I don't know. We anyway. also, yeah, we also really want to know who who decided to let Adina Menzel do it first ever at all. But but also before Reba McIntyre. Like Yeah. What? And I feel like it was like obviously from the frozen hype, but it wasn't right on the tail of it, which is what has me, or was it? No, it was like a couple oh, years yeah. after. It wasn't right on the tail. So I'm again, I'm just curious. I have questions. I don't know. Not that not a is fan to Adina Menzel. Yeah, definitely. not particularly a huge fan. I just think that there's a lot of people who do what she does a lot 
better than her. I'm sure she's a lovely person, but that's my opinion of her getting paid a whole hell of a lot of money to do what she does. Okay, okay. Megan, over to you. What's All right. your third best national anthem? So my immediately when you asked me this question, I knew my top two. There, I have two very memorable, never had to research. I know the answers. For number three, I did go back and watch a few to kind of, you know, trigger my brain. What what did I remember from the past? And the one, first of all, I only watched national anthems that have happened since I've been born. Mm, fair. Because otherwise, that's it's just too many additional. Um, and then with that caveat for my third spot, I tried to make it one that when I watched a video, I was like, oh, yes, I remember watching this happen and thinking, wow, that was really good. And so my number three spot is pink. It was, I think, 2015. She was obviously sick. She had a cough drop in her mouth that she very visibly removed immediately before singing. Um, she did have a little crack in her voice at one point, which proves she was doing it live. But it was just so clean, so simple. She's a brilliant vocalist. Um, and again, when I watched that video, I was like, oh, I remember watching this when it happened. And I was like, dang, pink. That was great. Like, that was really good. So it's number three is Pink. I love Pink so much. Jeez, One of my favorite, favorite, I guess, recent Grammy performances, because I'm sure there's others that I just don't remember. But one of my favorite recent Grammy performances, I think it was from 2020, is when she was just standing on stage barefoot wearing jeans and a white T-shirt. I don't even remember what she was singing. But, I mean, yeah, her voice is just insane. Yeah. And can you That's imagine yeah. having to – being like – I'm sick, but like, what am I going to do? Ask him to cancel the Super Bowl and move right? to or give up this chance? Yeah. No. No, she crushed it. When did you she see her? Um, just recently, she was here in Orlando. I think it was in November. It was amazing. It was the impulse purchase. We like waited till the last minute, bought tickets, and we had the best time because she put on a great show because she was really, really good. Do you know what year that was that she sang the national anthem? I think it was 2015. Okay. Oh no, that was Adina's year. <laughs> it better have been. My phone that. is providing my beautiful light, so I cannot Google on the side. But I think oh, it was, or maybe like the year after that, or before. I I saw Pink when we were living in New York, at Barclay Center, I think in Brooklyn, and she. I, I want to say that would have been in like 2012 or two thousand thirteen. So I was just wondering if she had done yeah. it before or after then but sounds like probably after yeah i think after but probably not much after um and then do you want me to go through my other two yes what's okay. number two number two is lady gaga and i remember i was i wasn't mad but i was like so annoyed by everyone after the fact because the the internet was like oh my god lady gaga can sing she's incredible and i'm like where have you where have you been? Where have you been? Like, of course she can sing. She's classically trained. She went to like art school, like, come on. Um, and yeah, she did a phenomenal job. But I remember I was really annoyed at the internet immediately after because everybody yeah. was praising her. Like they were saying nice things, but the shock that people had that, oh my gosh, Lady Gaga can sing. I was like, what? come on, where have you been? Oh my gosh. But I remember, like, the outfit, all of it. It was amazing. I loved it. Yeah, that's, like, one of my favorite. That is my favorite thing about Lady Gaga is her voice is insane. It's that's insane. That's the thing that I love about both Pink and Lady Gaga is 
they do all the other things, right? They can mm -hmm. dance. They're amazing show people. Like they put on a hell of a show, but at the end of the day, like they are famous because they can sing and they write yeah. their songs too. Yeah. It's and their voices are just a lot of talent. Yeah. Yeah. And then number one will be no surprise to you and anyone who knows me because it is not only my favorite Super Bowl performance of the national anthem, it is my favorite performance I have ever witnessed via video, I guess you could say, is Whitney Houston. Now, granted, this cheats on my rule a little bit because I was one or two when that Super Bowl happened, so I do not remember actually watching it, but I'm pretty sure my parents said, they're like, yeah, I'm pretty positive you would have been around when it happened. Like it wasn't bedtime when the, when it started. So I'm going to say I watched it live, even though I don't remember. Um, and it's truly one of the best ever. Anyone who hasn't watched it, go watch it, listen to it. Phenomenal. I really wish you would have just been like, it was actually my first memory. I was two years old and <laughs> I came to life. when, when That was, was when everything started. <laughs> It's, it's so good. I, I listen to it every 4th of July. If I'm yes. feeling like I need to listen to the anthem, it's that. I every agreed. Time. I post it every Super Bowl, too, because I'm like, just in case yeah. you forgot, this is the best this has ever happened and will ever happen. The end. And I only agreed to let Megan do this with me if she would pick that as number one, but I knew she would. So I didn't really have to check. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. No notes. No notes. Yeah. Out of 10, no notes. Whitney, oh, I'm going to throw that video link in the show notes because if you, I mean, if you haven't seen it, you really need to watch it. But if you have seen it, even if you watched it a dozen times, go watch it again as soon as you're done listening. I'm watching it after we get off here. Like, yeah, like right now, I'm already like, can we pause for a second? Because I need to go listen to Whitney. So good. So during the Super Bowl, uh, Post Malone is actually going to sing America the Beautiful, which does this stuff happen? It happens before the anthem, right? I think so. I think you have. The anthem honestly, is like the last big yeah, thing that happens, right? Before it the game. Because be. I feel like it's, that is like the kickoff moment. Yeah. But I guess we'll find out in two weeks because I can't remember. I hope someone decides that the same way that we would decide it, which is clearly the right way. But yeah. Assuming Post Malone will sing America the Beautiful before the national anthem. And then Andre Day is singing Lift Every Voice and Sing as well. So hopefully those, I assume those are very established, amazing vocalists as well that will yep. be televised and a good variety of vocalists as well. Yeah, I think they did a good job, again, appeasing to the masses, which you can't please everyone. But someone has to be happy about one of those performers, if not all three. I would assume so. Yes. I'm super happy and excited for Reba and I can't wait to see her. Is she touring or performing right now or is she another one that they just kind of picked out of obscurity? I don't think she's touring actively. She goes on little spurts now. I don't think she really does full blown tours anymore, but she does like stretches of shows like mini tour style. Um, and I think I just saw an article that she's going to get another TV show soon. Nice. So I was going to say her TV show is, I think it's on Hulu. Don't mm -hmm. quote me on that, but her, the full series is streaming and it is just like a good one to put on, you know, before bed. It's not going to stress you out. It's going to nope. be good, classic, wholesome entertainment. But yeah. So I think that's coming back soon for her. So should Amazing. be good. Love you, Reba. She's the best. I love her. 
Okay, I'm going to give you my top three Super Bowl halftime shows now. I'm so ready. I don't, I have no idea what you're going to say. And listen, there are so many great ones. And I feel a lot of pressure here because the Super Bowl halftime show is actually very divisive in people's opinions on it. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember watching, like last year, for example, just thinking like, everyone is going to be on Twitter tweeting with me in solidarity, just basking in Rihanna's glory right now. Nope. And it's never that way. Yeah. It's always like, there's always a group of people. There's probably a group of people that no matter what anyone did ever, they would be here to trash it. There's always those people. And then there's people that just genuinely were like underwhelmed by it for whatever reason, because art and performance and music is very subjective. Mm -hmm. So that's, I guess, one of the things that we ultimately love about it. It makes it what it is. But yeah, it's crazy to get the initial feedback. So I'm not saying that anyone's going to agree with me on these, but I am going to have some honorable mentions as well, because when I was picking these, kind of like you, I gave myself some rules that I wanted to pick three that were different and, and kind of identify like what it was that I liked about them. And so one is a iconic collab Okay. One is like a female solo performance and one is a male solo performance. Okay. And so I'm going to list some honorable man- mentions in each of those categories as well. All right. So let's start with my number three top halftime show. And that is from 2020 Super Bowl 54 Shakira and JLo. Yeah. The first thing that I want to point out here is is that Shakira was 44 and JLo was 51 when they did the show. So it was really, I literally was like tearing up when I was watching this being like, you're 34 years old and you think the best has not yet to come. Watch this bitch. Yep. Like get on it. Yep. <laughs> that so, one was iconic. I just remember being like so lit up about that. And what a great representation of the Latin culture and community and and its influence on not just music, but on our culture. Mm-hmm. And it was very timely. It was like the last good thing that happened in 2020. So went always look back on that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the lineup was Shakira came out first. She did She Wolf, Empire, Whenever, Wherever. She did I Like It featuring Bad Bunny. And then of course she did Hips Don't Lie. We love it. Then J-Lo J-Lo came out. She's on a stripper pole. She's looking as fierce as ever. She's Jenny from the block. Then she goes into Ain't It Funny, Get It Right, Waiting for Tonight, Love Don't Cost a Thing, Slash Booty, Slash Miente, featuring Colombian singer Jay Balvin. And then she hits it on the floor, the dancing, the lifts. Insane. So good. Insane. Beautiful transition into Let's Get Loud slash Born in the USA, which was featuring her daughter, who I'm not sure how old her daughter was then, but like 10 or something. She couldn't have been older than 10. There's no way. And she sounded incredible. I mean, her presence was just amazing. And when she first comes out, it's like Shakira is playing the drums. She's at the drum set, like full on drum solo. J-Lo's daughter is singing her face off. And... This this is a grand finale if we ever saw one. Yeah. Halo comes out and she's got this uh red, white, and blue like 
fur, I guess, kind of like, <laughs> I don't even, I can't think of a better word for it right now, but she looks like the queen of America, which she is. And they do, they end the performance with Waka Waka, which is probably Shakira's most recent, you know, most popular song. And let's get loud. So good. And the, the collab there, I just think was a really big part of what made it so good. And they performed mostly separate, mm -hmm. but it was still very like, they were both equally featured and they both like leveled each other up too. So it was all the best that you want to see from that kind of a collab. So honorable mention collabs that I want to throw out there is the Coldplay Beyonce and Bruno Mars collab in 2016 was really cool. That one and was very, very divisive. Was it? What was divisive about it? Do you a think? lot of people said Coldplay just was kind of boring and phoned it in, which I mean, they're not an over the top act. So I don't know what exactly people were expecting, but I do remember that one was very split. But I liked I liked the mashup of all those three artists and I liked it. Yeah, I think the message of their music is really powerful, even though they don't have the same like intensity as performers as mm -hmm. like Beyonce and Bruno Mars. I actually yeah. thought they, there have been some collabs like say with Bruno Mars and red chili peppers where mm -hmm. I was like, literally just no offense, love red chili, red hot chili peppers, but like leave them out. It just yeah. didn't add anything. It didn't work. But the, I felt like this, this all, this worked for me. Mm -hmm. I liked it anyway. I liked it. And I think the messaging of a lot of the the Super Bowl halftime show performances of like unity is really powerful and cool too. And I think this one did that on many levels mm -hmm. and representing many different cultures, which was cool. Another good collab was Stevie Wonder, Gloria Estefan, and Big Bad Voodoo Daddy in 1999. So this is an older one. Yeah. Yeah. That even though like you obviously can't get the... The cinematography, I suppose, <laughs> like the coverage of it is nowhere near what we can, you know, watch today. And that is a really big part of what adds to like our viewing experience at home. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to take that into consideration when you're watching like, yeah, in 1999, it's like grainy and, you know, they just they had probably half as many cameras, if that, let alone all of the HD and shit that like, you know. It, it's yeah. just a different viewing experience, but it was a freaking party. And I mean, those are just amazing performers and they collabed very well. I also, I'm interested to get your opinion on this one, but I really liked the Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, 50 Cent, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige at Super yeah. Bowl 56. I thought the set was really cool. I thought they did a really good job of it was kind of like paying homage to Dr. Dre and, you know, like 90s hip hop. Mm -hmm. But they all like they did it by featuring themselves and kind of showing their own personal influence. from. Yeah. Them. Does that make sense? That one was super fun. We were in New Orleans for that one and we watched the whole Super Bowl like at a bar. And when it was halftime, the bar got completely filled with everyone from the streets coming in because they were like, oh, it's halftime. We got yeah. to see it. And that was a huge moment in halftime history because it was the first time any R&B artist was in the halftime show. Like they were the whole thing. I think there maybe had been featured artists prior. Yeah. There's never been an R&B headliner. That wow. was the first time. Um, and all that music is just fun, especially for so many people who, again, they've never had their music that they love 
in the halftime show. So it was really cool to witness that whole moment of the bar just getting totally filled with people, so excited. There were so many good surprises and delights. And then it was over, and the bar kind of went back to its normal crowd level. And we were like, oh, wow, that was, like, really cool. Yeah, so you almost got to feel, like, that energy and excitement of being, you know, in the stadium surrounded by all of it. Yeah. That's awesome. The other collab I'm going to mention, and then I promise I'll move on to my actual ratings, (laughs) is Madonna in 2013. So she was the headliner, but she had LMFAO, Nicki Minaj and MIA, and CeeLo Green. And I just thought the way that, like, it was... The collab was so fluent, fluid, Mm -hmm. maybe is the word I'm looking for. Um, But yeah, the way that they made such different genres work together was just really cool. And it wasn't too like crazy or flashy. Like Madonna was definitely the center of the whole thing. And they Mm -hmm. built those featured performers around her. But the way that they did it was awesome. And I knew as soon as I saw CeeLo Green in a sparkly, like uh, gospel choir robe that, that I, it was, I never knew I needed it, but I did. (laughs) And I loved that so much. So yeah, all the featured performers, I feel like got featured really well without Mm -hmm. like taking away from the fact that like, it was definitely Madonna's show. That's great. Okay. Number two, my second top Super Bowl halftime show is Lady Gaga in 2017 because she sang the hell out of the national anthem. And then we brought her back in 2017 for Super Bowl 51. So good. Yeah. She starts on the roof of the stadium. I'm sure you remember this one. I feel like it wasn't that long ago. Like that's how well I remember it because Mm -hmm. it just sticks in my mind. She's on the roof of the stadium. She's singing God bless America. And for, I mean, the fact that she is just standing there, like on, like, on a small platform, like obviously she's all hooked up to stuff, yeah, and whatever. But she's just chilling. It has to be scary. Just, just <laughs> hanging, and she's got all the drones behind her, which was so cool. Like we had never seen anything like that before. So that was a really big highlight as well. And then she jumps into the stadium, which I feel like I've seen that meme. Or made oh it my gosh, it's so good. A billion different things. But my favorite part of it is that she says. Uh, with liberty and justice for all like it's just the way that she says like for all it's like it's just so simple you know for all so then she jumps into the stadium and she goes into poker face born this way telephone just dance just absolutely killing it completely solo you don't even like think like she's doing telephone and I let her know shade to Beyonce. Cause you know, she's on my honorable mentions for this one, <laughs> but I didn't even think like, Oh, where's Beyonce? Like I wish she had been there because you didn't either. She was just so yeah. relaxed yet. So energized, energized, like her presence is just amazing. And one of the things that I think every good Super Bowl, all the best Super Bowl performances have is a ballad is a moment for a ballad. So then she takes us to the piano where she's playing the piano and she's singing a million reasons. We love a transition to a ballad. She is, okay, Megan, do you know, you know, cause you played an instrument. You know what circular breathing is? Yes. So I swear to you that Lady Frickin' Gaga is circular breathing as a singer, which I didn't know was a thing, but- 
I mean, it's not really a thing because she does leave out a word. But if you watch that performance, you watch A Million Reasons, you will know what I'm talking about. Because she, but the way that she does, like, I don't even care that she missed the word. I didn't, if, if I wasn't me, I probably wouldn't have noticed it. Like, she is circular breathing as a singer, which if you don't know what that is, if you're an instrumentalist, like it's more most common in like horn players, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, I know, like Kenny G can do it on the saxophone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a Kenny G thing to be able to oh, do. Yeah. Basically, they like breathe while they're still playing their instrument. There's a way that you can you continue to generate air and sound out of the instrument. I think I would just pass out if I tried. <laughs> I... I don't know because I play the drums. So, uh, but you practice circular breathing all the time. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> but she absolutely does this, and she she also is like definitely singing live for a larger portion of her performance than I think probably a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. And she by far sounds the best. Like there's even, um, I think it was like Aerosmith and NSYNC did one in like 2012 and NSYNC sounds a little rough, like at times. And there are just, there are just ones where you're like, (laughs) yeah, they, they suck. Um, no, no shade to NSYNC. You're my whole childhood life. I love you. But I'm just saying like, she is running around dancing like crazy and just doesn't even miss a beat. And then when she did that, when she's sitting at the piano, I was like, good God, you don't even like, I'm looking for you to be out of breath and you're just not like, it's not there. There's no signs of it. Then she also says hi to her mom and dad when she's, you know, in the middle of singing a million reasons, just like super casually that moment that like every performer would dream of I'm crying. I'm crying Lady Gaga. (laughs) Then she comes out in the football shoulder pad outfit for bad romance and she ends it with a mic drop. So good. Her voice is insane. Her ability to sing live is even more insane. And that's all there is to it. Lady freaking Gaga. Okay, my honorable mentions for the solo queens are Katy Perry. Yes. Her show was just amazing. Another like solo performance energy. Like she just did not need anybody else. And she absolutely freaking owned it. I loved Rihanna's performance last mm-hmm. year. I thought she was another one. <laughs> She's suspended. It, she started up really high too. Yes. Totally chill. I also, okay, I'll ask you, did you know or slash think that she was pregnant like as soon as she came out last year? As soon as she came out, I went, oh my God, she's pregnant. And I said, did we know she was pregnant? Is this new? I thought she already had her baby. And it was like, oh, she did already have her baby. This is the second baby. (laughs) Right. So all I knew was that she had like recently had a baby. And it was, I found out like she had had a baby eight months prior but I wasn't sure how long it was. And I was instantly like so pissed off at everyone on social media because I was like, everyone is saying she's pregnant and she's probably just like a few months postpartum. Screw all of you. Like this is what a postpartum woman looks like. I was, and like, I don't know who, the other part of me was like, who cares if she's pregnant? That's like her business to share her news to confirm. But how freaking badass that she just went out there knowing no one knew. And it was Mm -hmm. all everyone was going to be talking about. And she was just like, yeah, this is my my pregnancy announcement. And also, I'm going to do this insane once-in-a-lifetime performance while I'm pregnant. It's yeah. Cool. Hers was really wild, too, because there was so much hype about who her guest performers were going to be. Like people were like, oh, this person is in the same town. Like, it's totally going to be them. And then she had nobody. But it was like, oh, my surprise guest performer is my baby. Like, I'm pregnant. Like, surprise. So it was pretty 
pretty badass. Yeah, I think it was cool that she didn't have any guest performers too because it just spoke to how many she has so many good songs like so many mm-hmm. songs that every time it comes on you're like oh my god i love this song so mm-hmm. i think it just featured that which i think we is easy to forget about her mm-hmm. that she has all of those songs she gives us very big breaks between all of her albums so <laughs> that's on her <laughs> she does and you do you rihanna we will wait for the next one And then, of course, I got to mention Beyonce because she just kills absolutely everything she does. And I would have expected absolutely nothing less. Yep. I have to shout out my fun fact about the halftime and the anthem singers because you've mentioned both of them now. Yeah. There's only two people who have performed the national anthem and have done the halftime show. And that is Beyonce and Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. Yep. So worthy. Fun fact. That is a fun fact. I didn't even think that there would be people who have done both. But then when you mentioned Lady Gaga, I was like, oh, no, she's on my list, too. It's just them, which, like I said, research it. Maybe I'm wrong. But no, that, that my quick right. Wikipedia, my Wikipedia, like, comb I did, I'm like, I think they're the only two. Okay. We have made it to my number one I'm so ready. I have no Super idea. Bowl halftime show oh i mean to me there's just like no question it has to be prince prince in tampa 2007 for super bowl 41 that was a big one yeah i maybe this is another one that was like split i mean this was so long ago this was the year that i graduated from high school so this was like almost half my life ago at this point (laughs) but uh, which is also wild to think about we don't like that but I have rewatched it like multiple times since then. And I think that to me is like a big indicator, mm-hmm. like that I want to go back and watch it. Yeah. And I think it kind of brought, you know, cause before the Michael Jackson, which was like in 1999 before his, his halftime show, you actually told me this. And then I looked deeper into it. That was kind of the first of its kind where mm-hmm. they were like, we're going to make this a freaking spectacle. Yep. Before then, it was kind of just like a a rock group would play a few songs at halftime. Yeah, or like a marching band would come out. Very classic Ooh, football. Yeah. yeah, love it. Did I mention that? Oh no, I'm about to I'm about to go off about the marching band and princes. <laughs> I'm Already, like, I had a thing about a marching band in here. <laughs> um, yeah, love marching bands, but even better if they're with Prince. But what I think this show did is it it was that kind of classic, like this like pop rock like singer is just gonna he stands and plays the guitar for most of it. Like that's what he does, so which cool. is crazy. Like I have to I, even as I'm saying that to you right now, I'm like, really? That's like all he did for <laughs> most of it? Yeah, no, that is. Or sometimes he didn't have a guitar; he was just standing and singing. So it kind of took it back to that with all the flashiness, the budget, the graphics, the mm-hmm. next level technology stuff. So it starts with lightning striking from, I think, two or three corners of the stadium. I'm sold. I'm in. I'm already invested. He starts with Let's Go Crazy. And he is he is shredding. He is shredding on his guitar. So Lest cool. you forget that Prince can play the guitar like none other. Mm-hmm. Then the Florida AM, A&M marching band comes out and 
they're out there for the entire performance and they are also the only dancers. They are the dancers in this performance. They have for most of the time they're like in the dark too. And they have like light, like glow in the dark, um, like lining on the outlining of their, their hats and their uniforms. It's so freaking cool. And I'm like, Oh, at one point I was like, Oh, there's no dancers in this. And then I was like, Oh yeah, there is. Oh, that's the band. So bands who dance, Huge points for me Yep, with halftime shows. So he goes into Baby, I'm a Star, Proud Mary. He gives homage to Creedence Clearwater Revival. And then All Along the Watchtower, Bob Dylan tribute. Uh, he does Best of You. And then, of course, he ends with Purple Rain. So the live good. vocals are insane. Just <laughs> like he is the only other one that I would say, like, Lady Gaga. That, I mean, Stevie Wonder, Gloria Estefan. I'm, like, thinking about that now, like. Yeah, no, they sounded freaking amazing. <laughs> um, but as of, you know, the 2000s that I would say, like, his voice is just sick and his ability to do that was so cool. He got the crowd involved. So he has them, like, singing all the the crazy parts of Purple Rain. It is raining the whole time, the whole time during this so performance. Cool. And he plays at least like three different guitars. He's like switching them out. So the reason that I had to pick this as number one is because I think if I could put it into one sentence, these are the most immaculate vibes that have ever been created. Prince's halftime show. I like it. I do want to give an honorable mention to Paul McCartney, who I believe did it in 2005. And I don't remember the year, but Bruce Springsteen mm -hmm. eventually did it after being asked many, many times. And those were both ones where, like, they definitely turned it up a notch, but they kind of took it back to the root mm -hmm. of the halftime show. And obviously, they're just amazing, high-energy performers who can yeah. totally handle the stage on their own, which is so fun. it. Let's get into some Super Bowl commercials before we wrap this up, because right. that's the other thing that everybody is really excited about. I'm ready. Most 30-second ad spots these days, this was as of 2023, so it's probably gone up. Uh, they cost between $6 million and $7 million. So you get 30 seconds, give you 7 mil, what you got. Megan, what is your third top Super Bowl commercial? So I had a hard time. Like, my memory of commercials is not great because I just, as a outside of the Super Bowl, I hate commercials. Same. I feel like they always come on the TV. They're too loud. They're annoying. And you see the same ones, you know, they are, are always looped. So I had to do a lot of research to like kind of trigger my brain. Like what are the best ones? Um, the number three is, so I have a number three that's a specific one. And then I have buckets for the next two and it'll make sense when I get there. Okay. But my number three, it was the Snickers Betty White commercial. Uh, yes. It was so surprising. So unexpected. I feel like prior to that, you would get funny commercials. Like that was part of the thing. Every year was a funny commercial, but that had that surprise element that everybody was like, I did not think Betty White was going to do that. Um, so I loved that commercial. That was a good one. It is a really good one. I almost put that on my list. I'm glad I didn't. Okay. My number three is Viva Young Taco Bell commercial from yes. 2013. And it's the premise of it is there. It's old, old people, like really old people who are like in a nursing home breaking out and getting all crazy. They one main guy and it gets like a back tattoo. They're like partying all night. The, the cops roll up to them like 
sloshed eating Taco Bell on the hood of their car uh, <laughs> while a Latin version of We Are Young plays in the background. And I think the reason that this one speaks to me so much is because that is how I feel when I eat Taco Bell these days. Like, we're getting wild. We're going to Taco Bell. <laughs> so good. And uh, yeah, I ate a lot of Taco Bell when I was uh, during high school musical. Actually, when we met my senior year of high school, it was like my go to, you know, because it's cheap and it's easy to get. It's everywhere. And mm -hmm. this commercial just represented all of that. So I, I think it was the personal tie that really made this uh, on my top list. But can't go wrong <laughs> with some I Taco Bell. <laughs> so good. All right. I just did some hard thinking and I did make myself pick a second specific commercial. And then my number one is a general bucket, which again, will make sense. Uh, number two, and this is just like, I remember it so vividly and it created such a movement after the fact. It was the what's up? Yes. <laughs> Budweiser commercial or was it Bud Light? I don't know. Not a great commercial if I can't remember. I think it was Budweiser. Um, but that was just so, it was like one of the first things I remember in my life that was like a viral moment that then it was just everywhere. And if anyone did that, you were like, oh, the commercial, like I get it. Um, granted, I think I was 10 or 11 when that came out. So maybe it was just my age, but that was a big moment. Okay. I'm really worried that our number one is the same now hearing what you said, but it's okay because if it, is, it just is. And I almost picked Budweiser was up too because there's a lot of really good ones yep and oh anyway we'll we'll get there but my number two is definitely different than yours my number two is the david harbour uh it's a tide ad yes <laughs> um i can't even remember what year this was from maybe 2018 but the other thing that i think makes for a really great super bowl commercial specifically is when there's like multiple of them that are all on a theme. So this was one that like yes. every break during the Super Bowl, there was a different, it's a Tide ad ad. And it was basically like an ongoing April Fool's Day joke because it mm -hmm. imitates so many iconic commercials. So it's got the Mr. Clean guy who's like <laughs> dancing and you think it's a Mr. Clean commercial. Nope, it's a Tide ad. <laughs> uh, and the, every single one of them is, is as clever as the last one yeah. and David Harbour's really great in them. Yeah. When there's a connected through story like that, that you can't wait to see the next piece. It's like, okay, you've done a good job. <laughs> exactly. Good commercial. Exactly. Never thought that I would get that excited about a Tide commercial. So good on you, Tide. Good on you, Tide. Okay. What's your number one? My number one, it's the Budweiser Clydesdales. Yeah. <laughs> And it doesn't yes. matter which one it is because they're all good. We didn't get them last year, but they have confirmed they're coming back this year. Thank oh, goodness. Thank God. Um, but it's the Budweiser Clydesdale. I do you have year, one off the top of your head? Because I have a few of this specific. There's one ones. with a puppy. Okay. And I feel and like literally there were tears. Yes. So that's like the best buds ones. And yes. of the best buds ones. Amazing. We'll say the that's your number one because I have okay. some other. I have some other ones, but yes, my, my number one is the bucket of the Budweiser Clydesdales and dog commercials. <laughs> yep. Have you seen the one? This was from 2004. So you might not remember it off the top of your head, but uh, where the donkey wants to be a Clydesdale. No. Okay. The donkey like is wanting his whole life to grow up to be a Clydesdale. 
he gets his interview to be a Clydesdale and he says, and he lets out like a big, you know, donkey sound. And he's like, I don't know what I said, but I must have said something right. And then it sh- <laughs> cuts to him like leading the Clydesdales. And it's so cute. It's so cute. But he wears like, you know, he, he tries to wear like the little fur on his ankles. And he has, you know, it's like his little wig around each of his ankles. And then again, that one has a through line because like the next next commercial break, you see like donkey what have you started and there's like a pig running with like the, <laughs> the hair around his oh, leg wanting to be a Clydesdale uh the, oh the one the dog ones are like kind of hard for me because they're heart-wrenching they are right? and it's like kind of rude but then also like I said you look forward to it every year like you can't <laughs> wait to see what they're gonna do so mixed emotions one of my favorite dog ones uh, is from 2007 there is it's like an all white dog who's kind of roughed up he's got like a little scrape on his face little tag on his ear and he's you know living on the streets he's looking in the butcher's window and he's you know salivating at the meat he's hungry and the butcher like swats him away and then he he's in an alley with another dog who's like growling at him doesn't want to be his friend and then he looks over and he sees the Budweiser parade with the Clydesdales and he sees the Dalmatian sitting, you know, in the the wagon being pulled by the Clydesdales. And he's like, oh, man. And just as he's watching and admiring and thinking, oh, I wish I could be that dog, a truck drives by and splashes him with mud. And and then he catches a glimpse. He walks away and he's like, oh, my life is so sad. I have, I have it so bad. And he catches a glimpse of himself and he looks like a Dalmatian. And then the next thing you see is him sitting on the other side of the wagon across from the real Dalmatian and he's winking <laughs> at the Dalmatian. <laughs> it's so cute. That's so cute. I can't say I remember that one, but that is so cute. Heart-wrenching with a humorous ending. Yep, we'll take we it. it. The other really funny one that I need you to watch is from 2006. And it is when the, uh, there's a couple different ones with dogs retrieving bud lights Mm -hmm. there's one that is specifically like a rescue dog one which i think is really cute but the one i want to tell you about is i guess it's maybe a little bit of a rescue dog one too but this guy is like introducing his dog to his friend and is like this is my purebred border collie piper look what she can do and she goes and gets him a bud light and brings it back to him and then he looks over at his friend who has like his little scruffy mutt dog next (laughs) to him like what can your dog do and and he says look or i'll show you and the dog bites the guy who's holding the bud light in the crotch and he the bud light flies out of his hand into into his hand nice bud light man like or budweiser they they have done a lot of great things for super bowl commercials yeah it's definitely the top brand I think of when I think of Super Bowl commercials. Like, it's just what enters my brain first. I would love to work on that creative team. Hit me up if you need anybody, Budweiser. <laughs> I'm available for the right price. We got some good ideas. Clearly, since we both picked it, we we know it's up. Mm-hmm. Well, Megan, thank you so much for being a part of this because I don't know about you, but I am definitely more excited about the Super Bowl than I'm I was. Ready. Yeah. Yeah, feeling ready, working your way through that that wine glass. And listeners, 
thank you for for listening in and hanging out with us, reminiscing about the good times that the Super Bowl has brought us as we anxiously await spring training. That's always really my favorite part is when it's over. <laughs> that means it's officially time for baseball season. That's but fair. what a great way to like throw a party and have an awesome performance to kick off baseball season. Am I right? I can't wait for all the performances. Yes. So share your favorite recipes with us. We will share some in the show notes here if you need some ideas from the stuff that we threw out today. And uh, if you haven't watched Whitney Houston sing the national anthem in like the last 48 hours, yeah, go do it again. Who do you think is going to win? Did the Chiefs win last year or no? Yes. They did. They are defending champions of the Super Bowl title. Okay. Well, for that reason alone, I would like the 49ers to win just because I think it's more fun when different people win. But have <laughs> has the same team won like multiple years in a row? I assume that's I'm happened. pretty oh. sure when Tom Brady was on the Patriots, yes. That seems like a Patriots thing to do, right? Yeah. And Tom Brady, I mean, he he was the GOAT. Like he that's what he did. He won Super Bowls. So I'm sure they won back to back. But I, well, I don't know. I don't have Derek next to me to confirm this fact, but I feel we'll- really good about it. Yeah, I, I trust you on this one. Even I know that that probably happened. Yeah. I think the Chiefs got the fire. I think I think it's their game to lose. So, Is Taylor Swift going to make it? Is she going to be there? The internet says she can be, and she has a private jet, so I feel like, yeah, I feel like she'll be there. <laughs> we will wait to see on that one, but I'll tell you what's for sure is we'll be back next Tuesday for more peace, love, and baseball and the official kickoff of baseball season since football will be over. (laughs) I will see you then.